Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at bluenile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- I a bachelor. Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. And as you can see, we're in a studio. We have a very big interview that we are about to let you guys listen to and watch. So we rented a studio for it because it was uh, just monumental for us. This is really leveling up of our game. We hope you guys like it. And we still have Welcome to the Pit merch available at Etsy.com slash Game of Roses. It'll be going away soon. Maybe in two-ish weeks. (laughs) Something like that. So get that while you can. But this is a welcome to the pit with somebody that we think you're going to love. So enjoy. Enjoy. 
welcome to the pit. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. I'm Bachelor Clues, and we're obviously joined here today with a very special guest. We are honored. We are humbled to have with us an icon of the professional era, somebody who <laughs> redefined the villain and professional archetypes and one of the best colorful narrators to ever touch driveway and sand. She placed ninth on one of our favorite Bachelor seasons, season 24. That was Peter Popeye Weber, a multi-hyphenate founder, entrepreneur, realtor. Please welcome to the pit. Tammy K. Lie. It's Lee, but that's okay. Sorry, Tammy K. Lee. <laughs> Shit, off uh, to a bad start. That's okay. It, that's honestly a, a simple mistake. I always say I never lie, so it's Lee, but it's spelled lie. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, but well, hi, thank guys. You. Thanks for I'm joining Tammy. us. Yes, thank you for having me. This is so exciting. I'm very excited to be here. Tammy, welcome. We were just talking about how this is our first ever in-person interview, and yeah. I feel like there's no one better. <laughs> I'm honored. As are we. <laughs> Tammy, you have 128,000 Instagram followers. Do you know where that puts you on the all-time leaderboard? Probably low. Low of the totem pole. <laughs> Actually, no. You're number 145. That's out of 1,000. Okay, uh, not bad. That is right between Bachelor Season 13, Jason Mesnick, a Bachelor, mm. and the ring winner of Bachelorette Season 1, Ryan Sutter. This is before I was born, guys. <laughs> okay. Like, damn. Oh, Jesus. I'll take Sutter's the win where roasted. I can, though. I'll take it. Burn. What was it? 140? 145. 145, yeah. baby. That's that right. You heard it here first. Hey, so, there's still time to climb. You just got to uh, take down Mesny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, we obviously know that you went through season 24, you went through Bachelor in Paradise season seven. We're going to get to all of that. But before we do, I'm curious to know, and we ask everybody who comes into the pit with us these kind of questions. When you grew up, what kind of TV were you watching? Were you into reality TV? Not at all. I think the only reality TV I grew up watching was Jersey Shore. And mm. that chaos itself is a masterpiece. I agree. But I watched cartoons. I love SpongeBob. <laughs> okay, so SpongeBob was your the basis for why you wanted to come into The Bachelor <laughs> somehow. <laughs> it's so funny how I got into it because... Uh, I feel like it's very untraditional. So I got nominated. Um, I didn't go to like a casting call or anything. Um, nominated was, by who? I was nominated by one of my coworkers who actually just passed away this past oh. month. May she rest in peace. I'm but sorry. yeah, we were joking around one day at the office when I worked at Allstate. She's like, you know what you'd be great for? The Bachelor. And I'm like, nobody goes on that show like that's a real person. And like... <laughs> Sadly mistaken. But I know when I was bartending, even the girls like were obsessed with the season. Um, it was Sean Lowe's season at the time. And I'm like, you guys are so dumb. Like, this stuff isn't real. And here we are. Um, it foreshadowed my life. And I guess I decided to take a leap and just do it. But wait, even at that time, your coworkers are telling you, you got to go in the show. And you're like, it's not real. You knew that going in. Well, I did my research. So okay. I try to figure out how everything works. When I first heard about it, um, when I got the first phone call, I watched, I think, four seasons of Bachelor, uh, two seasons of The Bachelorette. I did all re extensive research on everybody who was on the show. Hmm. Um, I watched clips of it on YouTube, interviews that people did, like everything. Dang. So you went in pretty prepared then. You really did try to come up with strategies and figure out like what you were going to be up against, what you might expect. Yeah, I think I just was trying to get like, what am I getting myself into, you know, what right. am I, what, what should I expect? I didn't know if I came in it with a game plan or not. I think subconsciously I probably did. Um, but I just thought overall it'd be a really cool experience and I want to try to find love, even though 
my real life dating life sucks. So I'm uh -huh. like, that's probably why I'm like, you know what? Might as well. I can't get worse than this. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go into the show. And then I go into the show. Let me, let me ask you this real quick. Was there anything in that research you were doing, any moment, any piece of video you saw where you're like, oh shit, this could be hard. This could be bad. Was there anything that like surprised you? Um, I never thought I was going to be the quote unquote villain. Um, I don't think anyone Yeah, I don't think anyone that. ever goes into it thinking that, but I just remember like, it really put a different perspective because I'm like, these people are terrible people. That's why they're the villain. But right. that's not the case whatsoever, you know, because a lot of editing is involved. And yeah, you know, mm -hmm. um, as grocery store Joe famously said, it depends on who you wind up being. That's right. <laughs> Which means that's up to the producers. Basically, they can make anybody look like anything. Yeah, unfortunately. When you were doing that research, were there hero players that you looked up to where you're like, I think I could be sort of that style? Um, I tried to pin out like personalities that I was similar to. Demi was a good personality. Mm -hmm. um, who else? Oh gosh, I feel like Demi was the only one that was like standing out to me. But Christina Shulman also, like she was very um, a neutral character. But I'm like, my personality, I'm never gonna be neutral. Mm -hmm. Like I'm too alpha female to be a neutral character. So I don't know. I did a lot of research, found out that a lot of the favorable casts are white. And I'm like, okay, I can't become white. That's impossible, unfortunately. So I'm going to just be myself and be the best person that I can be and just try to just go for it. You know, I am not a secondary character. I'm a primary character. And that mm -hmm. I feel like that would show. So I was not nervous at all the first night. All these girls are frantic. It's a long day. It's like one of the longest filming days. And I'm just chilling. Just drinking my Red Bull and my champagne glass. Like, I'm not freaking out. I'm like, I'm going to talk to him. I already know what I'm going to say. I have no problem, like, hitting on guys. I'd rather hit on guys than them hit on me. Yeah. So I'm like, I got this. You know? My biggest fear the first night was going home the first night. Of course. Mm -hmm. That was, once I hopped over that fence, I mean, mm -hmm. no pun intended. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, then everything else was just, I took it day by day. So you said you were drinking Red Bull out of a champagne glass. Did you go in telling yourself I'm not going to drink? <laughs> I don't really drink to begin okay. with. Yeah. Great. I had all my partying days when I was younger um, mm. at an illegal age of 14 to 19. Oh, damn. And I'm like, I'm tired. I'm old now. <laughs> I'm tired. Just Red Bull. <laughs> yeah, just Red Bull at 4 a.m. Yeah. to get through the most torturous yeah. night of my life. That night, by the way, had one of the craziest, what we call a night one curveball in the history of the game. Oh. They bring in Hannah Brown. Yes. The... New Bachelorette, uh, last season she was, you know, with your Bachelor, Pilot Pete, famously in the windmill, all of that kind of stuff. What went on? You're saying you're, you're chill, you're cool, you're, you're playing it, you know, by the numbers. But when she walks in on night one, what is your reaction and what's everybody else's reaction? And are you guys aware of the fact that this is the producers fucking with you? I think that's the first instance where I'm like, okay, I don't have a lot of control here. Mm -hmm. so I'm like okay the producers probably have the most control what can I do from here I didn't freak out that she was here I actually didn't care if she did join us yeah um but I just came back to everyone because they told us be like give us a reaction I don't know if I can say that but so they've kind of forced you guys to be like oh my god like, Hannah what do you Brown, think? I can't believe it they're like what do you think and I'm like Oh my God, she's here. That's why like the one point, the one time that I was on Times, in Times Square on a billboard, it was a clip of me that just says, Maddie goes, is this legal? I go, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know if this is legal. I don't know what's going on. This is illegal. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> they showed that clip in Times Square. Yeah. That's a, That's a cool experience, yeah. right? 
Yeah, I think that was one of my um, bucket list things was to be in Times Square. On the big jumbotron. Yep. And so do you have a picture of that somewhere in your home? I don't. It was some a, a follower sent it to me. I have it probably in my archives of stories somewhere. I should get it framed, huh? Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. I don't, not a lot of people <laughs> have that experience, I think. <laughs> so after they brought Hannah Brown in, did you have week one and you're on the flight school obstacle course where you go down in history as having <laughs> this play for time stolen from you by Kelly Flanagan, who cheats to win the final leg of the course a tricycle race. Did you talk <laughs> to producers about it, the unfairness of it? I think at this point I was I was realizing what was going on. Uh-huh. Again, the lack of power that I did have in real time. And I'm like, she cheated. And they're like, okay, well, what do you think about that? Like on interview, of course, in my ITMs, I go, I literally, I have no room to stand on here. Like they, they could have made it happen. They didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like me totally. winning fair and square. Yeah. I should have just, just shoved her off the freaking tricycle. Is what I, I mean, anything done. goes, apparently, right? right? Like, they let yeah. her do that, and then there she gets to no, go on the that's when I. That's the night that I realized there are no rules. Right. That is an... To me, that group date, specifically Kelly Flanagan winning the play for time by cheating, proved that. Mm-hmm. That really is where... I remember when we were watching it, we are like, oh, it doesn't fucking matter. You can do anything. I thought it was an amazing play by Kelly. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I it turns like, out to be an amazing play, but... Cheated. Wait, what you guys didn't see... <laughs> What you didn't see is that I actually got off on the bike because I'm like, she's cheating, she's cheating. That's all you saw. I get off on my bike. I run through the um, finish line. I hop in the plane myself. What? <laughs> I go, I'm sitting here. You can't get me out of it. They're like, no, no, no. You have to get out. I'm like, fine. So I embarrassingly like, cut. <laughs> that, that is that amazing. Is incredible. That's one of the best wow, places I've ever I could have You literally just like, did I'm, everything you could. No, I really did everything that I could. I That's ran, unbelievable. hopped on this plane. I literally... I skipped all the stairs that were there. I literally think I hopped on the wing yeah. and hopped in the flight. I'm like, I'm not moving. Yeah, I won. Now what? Yeah. Good for you. You can cheat on the tricycle. I'm going to cheat running through the rest of the software <laughs> course and just take the fucking seat. That's amazing. And then they pull you out of it. So they had plans for Kelly Flanagan to go up in that plane, yeah. period. And there's no way to get around it. No. That's how orchestrated all of this was. Yeah. Did anybody else question it? Did you have conversations with any of the other players about how the producers were rigging this whole thing? No, I don't think any of us knew that they were like, I mean, I, I think I knew in my subconscious that they were quote unquote rigging it, mm-hmm. but I think everyone else was ups- upset that they didn't even make it to the final three to hop on the tricycle. Right. I remember Sheanne, she was the third person and she couldn't get the pants over her butt. She's got a big <laughs> juicy butt and she couldn't get it over her butt and she was so frustrated. And then I, it was, it was biased against her, the pant size. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. The producers probably did that. Probably. They gave her a size too small yeah. pants specifically to get over. these on, Sheehan. You want screen time? Also, that week, something happens called Champagne Gate. Oh. It is one of the. One of my favorites. Yeah. It, it's <laughs> definitely one of the most memorable things from that season, at least the, the early regular season. When it's going down, you obviously are talking to the other players. The two players that are involved in that are Kelsey Weir and Hannah Ann Sluss. Were you talking to either one of them about it? And were they aware of the fact that this is, again, the producers setting this up to get them feeling some type of way? Anxious, nervous, angry, whatever. We, I mean, that was one of the first bigger instances of like, quote unquote, drama in the house. Mm. I started to get my wheels turning. I'm like, this is not a mistake. But they Mm. made everyone seem like, oh, it was just a mistake. Because I get it. It's an easy mistake. They cover the labels on all the bottles. Mm -hmm. So how would you know? From a Dom bottle to just a PJ bottle, you know? 
But I remember sitting there and we were like having these girl chats that they make us do. And then we hear a pop. And then Kelsey, this is like I'm comforting Kelsey. She's like freaking out. She goes over there. She's crying. I'm like, oh, my God, I feel so bad. Like I, she told me on night one how much this bottle meant to her that she brought from home. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, my God, like that Hannah Ann's going to be the villain. You know, I'm like I, I in my journal every day, I was like trying to pin out who was important, like who was the main Ooh. characters of um, this current time and really? who was who was the early. Um, what is it? Front runner. Front runners. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like you were accurate? Absolutely. You knew from night one the, from what night the hierarchy one. was. Yeah. And how did you determine that? What were the um, things you saw that made you think, oh, ooh. Hannah Ann Sluss, Madison Pruitt, yeah. these are real players? Victoria, I didn't I didn't know that she was going to make it that far. I definitely called no out did. Hannah Ann and Maddie that they were going to be front runners um, in my journal. But on night one, you can just see who the producers were gravitating towards to ah, help them push. Protected um, certain, players. Yeah, protect the mm. players. So I was trying to find my producer. I'm flipping out. And, you know, when I have my mindset on something, I'm going to go out and get it. I yeah. literally ran around this house in my heavy dress that I that was too long for me in my 20 inch stripper heels like, <laughs> I'm like where's my producer like where is he where is he I need to get my thing done like I want yeah. everything set up I go like beeline towards Peter because I see him get up from a conversation they're like no 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 like it's not your time I go what not my time and that's when I knew I'm like okay so they're orchestrating who gets to go talk to the lead on night one and probably on group dates and cocktail parties and after parties. And more people, yeah. The favorited ones get more time for sure. And they get told when to interrupt as well, I think. Like definitely well, on... We tell them when we want to talk to them or mm-hmm. talk to the lead and they'll be like, okay, like just give us a few minutes. Let's find a way out of this conversation. Then you can hop in. So the steals aren't orchestrated by the producer. They're helped. Mm-hmm. Everyone does want to steal. That's the only way you can get time. Right. You know? Especially hmm. on night one with 30 Ooh. players trying yeah. to get in there and get their time. Damn, that's crazy. So they basically night one, you could tell because they were protecting Madison Pruitt, Hannah Sluss, that they were going to go far. Or at least the producers had orchestrated that. Obviously, the the ultimate power still lies with the lead. The mm-hmm. Bachelor can kick anyone off at any time. Yep. But the producers can certainly help players along in that path. That's funny that you mentioned Victoria Fuller, that you didn't think she'd go far. No. <laughs> I don't think anybody thought that. <laughs> no, but I'm actually happy that she did. I remember meeting her the first night and she was my roommate for the first group date. You know, mm-hmm. So we got to change afterwards and we get put in this hotel and we just eat our food and get dressed for the night portion. And I'm like, she's so shy, like so reserved, so quiet. She's mm-hmm. beautiful. I'm like, it'd be a, sh- a shame if she got ho- sent home earlier. Like she thought she was going to get sent home the next rose ceremony. Yeah. Hmm. And then didn't. God, she had such an interesting game. She Her strategy really that whole season was just fascinating to oh watch. Oh my gosh. Totally. We'd never really seen anything She's quite so like fascinating. it. I'm like, I'm in awe of you. Like everything you yeah. do is so fascinating. Week two, you get the forced violence group date when your hero <laughs> player, Demi Burnett, shows up with two pillow fighters. <laughs> And you were delivered these bags with underwear that you have to wear for Demi's Extreme Pillow Fight Club. Fred Willard and Chris Harrison judge the event. <laughs> the, the lingerie, or what did Kiara say? The lingerie. lingerie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> How does it feel to have to do a forced violence group date in lingerie? Oh, I'm all for it. I love contact sports. I was a wrestler on a boys team in high school. I'm like, you guys are about to go down. I don't oh care if God. I weigh 100 pounds. Yeah, I remember definitely... <laughs> making a meme out of a shot that they used in the show of you kind of like screaming yeah. and going like this. <laughs> and I was like, all right, she's game. She's into this. But not all players are. Were there any players that day who were like, this is bullshit. I don't want to do this. Oh, yeah. 
And are, what happens to those players? Do producers try to convince them to come back? Um, that early on, you are not going to say no, you mm -hmm. know, because you want to continue um, the game, I guess. Right. So mm -hmm. everyone's always for doing the dates that they might not be all for, but I mm. think they go gentler and that's when hopefully they, maybe they get sympathy points. Yeah. When you I see Demi Burnett say. come in like that and she's now going to host a group date, are any of the players yourself included thinking about or talking about the fact that like, oh, maybe next season that could be me. Maybe they bring me back to host a group mm. date or something. I don't think anyone was thinking that um, at the time. I definitely mm. thought about it afterwards. I'm like, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really know Demi, you know, mm -hmm. and I didn't know how she got on or if why she came back. You know, did she ask? I have no idea about all those things. I kind of was just like living in that moment. Right. She came in guns a blazing. Yes. That, she, that, yeah. that clip of me pulling the feathers out of my hair. And I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I love when they do the what do we call it? The home invasion. Oh, I, think, I thought it was so fun. <laughs> yeah. And then. uh <laughs> you then in the next week get to go to Cleveland. Yay! What the heck? We literally in our show call it the I love Cleveland when they force all the players to like act excited about meeting a celebrity. You know what they, they actually told us them. first? Please. Told us we were going to Hawaii and we got so excited. I think that was the clip that was shown. You've got to be they're shitting like, me. We're actually going to Ohio. And I'm like, where the hell's Ohio? So they told you you were going to be going to Hawaii got the shots of you being super excited and then told you the real truth? Yeah, I don't know if they did both. I, I mean, it was just a <laughs> screw with us anyways because it's funny. They're like, look yeah. how excited they are to go to Hawaii. But, like, That's you, so sad. <laughs> you ultimately get to Cleveland and they have you out in front of the like the big city sign, mm -hmm. welcome to Cleveland, and they have you going in the hotel. And it's like it's a fine hotel or whatever, but it's Cleveland. What are they telling you to do in those moments where it's like, act excited, jump on the bed, jump in this bathtub. Like, are they really directing you that tightly or are they just saying, be as excited as possible? Yeah, they're just, I mean, they just go in, they're like, have fun guys. Like, we're gonna get some B-roll clips of you guys just seeing this place for the first time and we just go at it. I mean, I think it's like, everyone is familiar with the show at this point. And you're like, okay, that's, we're, it's excited to be at a different place that's outside mm -hmm. of the Bachelor Mansion. Yeah. So. Is there any sense of like, we made it to the travel round? Uh, yeah, actually that too. Yeah. Travel days are actually my favorite because everyone was so unguarded because mm -hmm. we didn't have cameras around. Those are our blackout days. But it was fun just to like travel with them and the lies that we would tell um, like the clerk at the little corner store. We're like, it's a bachelorette party or we're a cheerleading squad. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, who's getting married? They're like, this girl, she goes, yeah, so excited. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cute. Wait, so they don't have any cameras on you traveling? No. And you're all together? But yeah. separated from Peter? Yeah, we're separated from Peter. I think Peter flies in first. And then, like, for a day before, probably mm. first class, too. Um, and then we get coached. He flew the plane. <laughs> yeah, he flew, actually, the plane itself to Ohio. Um, <laughs> when you guys are traveling around, do people ever recognize you? or They not, recognize not the girls that were released early. So Hannah Ann was one of them. Okay. I think Lexi was because she was the only redhead. Mm. So I think that was because it was in a magazine we found at a at one of the airport stores. Right. And we bought or we were like looking through the magazines where they let us like go buy like peanuts or whatever we wanted. Mm -hmm. And we would like look out to see if like a producer's coming. We're like, we got to put it away, put it away because we're not allowed to look at the media. Yeah. Any outside like. That's standard cult yeah. tactics. Yeah. Cut everyone off from the outside world. No yeah. information, no contact with no family or no friends. No sense of time. Yes. No TV, no phones. In no Ohio, money, actually, I, I snuck into. <laughs> You probably don't know this. I snuck into an audio guy's room and I used the phone to call my dad. 
Um, wow. Yeah. I wasn't trying to find any information. My dad wouldn't know anyways, but I was, I had a real estate sale that was going on while mm -hmm. I left and I wanted to see what the status was. So I called him. Dang. Yeah. That's, that's how you have 50 jobs. That's yeah, you know? for real. <laughs> Always working. <laughs> when I'm filming. Yeah. <laughs> you wind up that week on another forced violence group date. This is the tackle football date. Oh, yes. You, I assume, were ready for this. Oh, you were yeah. like, bring it on. <laughs> we had like these little training circuits they made us do. I'm like, I'm about to tackle you guys to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and were there any other players who were like, again, they don't want to do this, but felt compelled to by producers? Uh, no. I think well, the Victoria person that got P. out of it, Victoria P. She yeah. protested. Yeah. She played an she, IFI. Yeah. Injury for your illness play. I should have done that. She did it twice. Remember that little uh, yeah. circle thingy? Well, they were Gyroscope. linked as well. She said that that thing hurt her back, so she then couldn't play football. And so she got time on the sidelines with yeah. Pilot Pete, and he came over and rubbed her back. We strongly encouraged to play an IFI on I any force violence I should have been like, day. I broke my leg, or I have explosive diarrhea. You want to come help me? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been We have not okay. seen an explosive yeah. diarrhea one We yet. have not seen that no. yet. As an <laughs> we had uh, Mad Tad, perhaps... Having a, a shit situation yeah. on Paradise. Have me on the but... back, help me poop. I mean, cute. Yeah. What intimate time. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> on national television, no less. Oh. Week four, you wind up on another group date in Costa Rica. This is the bikini photo shoot. Oh, the bikini photo shoot. Oh, so fun. That actually was one of the highlights of my time traveling. Costa Rica was absolutely stunning. We flew in so late. It was four hours from the airport. So we had to drive on our little uh, party bus there. And we were so exhausted from traveling. Um, we didn't get to see anything because it was all dark. Mm. And I, j I just beelined it to the master bedroom. And I got it with Shean. Um, and I woke up the next morning at like 4 a.m. because like that's when the sun was rising. I saw this beautiful mountain. And that's when it hit me. I'm like, this is not my life right now. I'm like this. And nothing felt like it was like really Hollywoody until that point. Mm. And I'm like, wow, I am so blessed to be here. But yeah, the Costa Rica, we we went tra hiking to a waterfall mm. and Cosmopolitan was there. That's where I met one of my actually really good friends, Sam. Sam actually worked for Cosmo at mm. the time. And now she's like one of my best friends. Oh, Interesting. wow. Does That's she have any stories about how the producers treated them, Cosmopolitan, while they were there? Um, I don't know. I should ask her. She was um, actually... Yeah. I'm always curious about that. Like when they bring She in... was actually supposed to be on one of the seasons. Oh. Yeah. Afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Because I'm like, you should do it. Like, you don't work for Cosmo anymore. Like, I think you should just do it. I helped her through that. And then she didn't end up getting picked. This is for Clayton season. So you mm -hmm. coached. Yeah. Uh, I think they asked for my opinion. And mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, Sam's one of my great friends. Like, I hopped on the call with them. Right. But ultimately. How common do you think that is that like ex-players will either coach new players or even like talk to the producers on their behalf. Well, look at, I mean, they always ask us, do you have any friends that would like to be on the show? You know, right. Um, Hannah Ann was a import yeah. from Hannah Godwin. Hannah Godwin. Yeah. Did you know that Hannah Godwin had coached her when she was on, when you were on the season together? Uh, no, I think mm -hmm. she did tell us that she was friends with Hannah who was on the previous season, mm -hmm. but nothing about that was the extent of it, I believe. Yeah. I mean, it happens pretty constantly. That was yeah. Tia and Raven. Yes, were you're that. right. I mean, I, I think there's always like somebody, even Gabby Clay Wendy. and Andrew Spencer. Yeah. Yeah. And Gabby Wendy has dated, I think, both Bela Kai. Yeah. Sorry, Blake Horseman and Deanie Baby Zungler, I think, right? Yeah. I think so. so there's all these connections. You know what's that, funny? Like, if you think about it, those people that were coached make it far. Yeah. Exactly. 
coaching works. I'm Dang. just saying. Coaching <laughs> works. But At on, Bachelor Clues. Yeah, on, on that group date, uh, Victoria Fuller obviously won the, the Cosmo Prize that date because she kind of made out with Peter in front of everybody. You guys were all forced to We all to made watch. out with him. That's the thing you didn't see. That's what I was going to ask. I knew it. Wait, I you want to know? It. Oh my God. Yes. There's so many stories. Okay. Please <laughs> tell us. Um, when it was our turn, by the way, Victoria Fuller in a bathing suit, literally I had such a girl crush. I'm like, she's literally stunning. Her ass is perfectly sculpted. I go, of course <laughs> she's going to win. Why not? Look at her. She's hot as fuck. Can I, oh, I swore. That's, that's oh, quite all right. Um, but it was me, Hannah Ann, and McKenna that were in this tri-group with the snake. And he obviously is making out with Hannah Ann. And then McKenna goes in for it. I'm like, I feel like I'm in a freaking orgy right now. But I've got to yeah. go for it. I'm like, I'm going to make out with you next. Mm-hmm. So then we all three of us. I'm like, this is the grossest thing I think I've ever gone through. <laughs> literally one after another, we're just making out with him. With a snake. Yeah, and we're, so sta- we're standing on a rock. Burning we're standing on a rock. <laughs> Jesus And it's Christ. just like we're literally, I'm literally touching my Kenna as I'm making out with Peter. And I'm like, this is so weird. So they have full footage of everybody making out with him and they just cut it to give it to Victoria Fuller. Yeah, well, yeah she, she went for it. That's normal though, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense because why would they put in everything? We filmed 24-7. There's no way they could give right. us all time. But they made it seem like, I mean, what we were presented in the document is that Victoria Fuller was the only one who made out with him and that's why she won the mm-hmm. the event. Mm-hmm. But now we know that's not the case. Yeah. That's pretty fascinating, in my humble opinion. Uh, <laughs> Week five, you travel to Santiago, Chile. Oh, the And worst. you are <laughs> the place in the world. <laughs> You're like, you're waking up in Costa Rica. You're so blessed. Now you're in Chile. No, I'm like, this is my actual hell. (laughs) (laughs) You are uh, pitted against McKenna Dorn in a rivalry for the ages and wind up on this two-on-one where you and McKenna are on a couch together. She calls you nothing. (laughs) And you utter one of the most iconic lines in the history of the game. I am everything. I have really good one-liners, I will say. I don't know where no I pull shit. them out from. Absolutely do. Yeah. But, yeah. I am yeah. everything is like... <laughs> you know why? Because she oh, kept God. just going on. I'm like, I'm not listening to you. You're so freaking annoying, dude. Yeah. Like, stop. Stop breathing. Um, But she just kept going on and on, going on and on. I just didn't want to hear it anymore. So I just said the opposite of what she was saying. And mm-hmm. that's what made it. It was like, she was, you are nothing. I go, I'm everything. And I'm like, okay, this sounds really bad. But I'm like, I was just literally contradicting everything that she was saying because she's like, you're a liar. I go, I'm a truther. (laughs) The way they cut it, it was so fucking perfect. There's like a little pause. She's like, you are nothing to me. And you go, I'm everything. It was just so great. There's a gif, a meme about it. And I'm like, I'm everything. And then there's memes and they're putting my face on a bagel. And I'm like, I'm an everything bagel. I go. Okay. Yeah. That's hilarious. It was fantastic. I mean, this is like what we always encourage players to do is to have these one-liners and these moments that can be turned into memes and gifts. Okay, but I hate that because McKenna the entire time was always trying to be a meme. She thought she was quirky and cute. And I'm like, you're annoying, dude. She had that face play, though. You did accuse her of coming up with hashtags before. No, she did. Like, even in Ohio, (laughs) this poor guy, the cameraman's just trying to get B-roll of the stadium, you know? And she just stands in front of him, just starts dancing like a buffoon. And that's when I said that other, what did I say? I said, all she does is do dances. Mm-hmm. And then everyone like made fun of me for going on TikTok when during the COVID. They're like, who's doing funny dances now? I'm like, this is TikTok. 
Like, this, this is not the same thing. But she I kept, like that people remembered that. Yeah. I <laughs> like, that. you can't dance, No, Tammy. but also, thank you for recognizing they're not the same thing. That is proof positive that the main game is different oh from social God. media. Thank you. It's Thank part of the you. game. It's all part Thank of the you. game. Thank you. No, I'll take the, that victory. Being in the field of the game is way more heightened. and Because a lot more things are unforgivable in that than it is in the real world. You know? Totally. Because if you piss the producers off, if what we call the third audience, if you go against them, you're just fucking done. Period. Mm -hmm. They can execute you in any way imaginable. Yeah. Uh, if you're not and, willing to play along. Yeah. And for you, that execution came in the form of this two-on-one. Did you, when you're in the game, can you recognize signs that start to happen that lead you to believe, shit, I might be getting a villain at it, or shit, I might be going into a rivalry, or there might even be a two-on-one coming? Yeah. I didn't know about the two-on-one, but um, the first instance was with Kelsey. Mm. Yeah. that It was started in Ohio, and it really blew up in Costa Rica. Mm. And I'm like, oh, crap. Like I'm going to look terrible like this is why when they asked who said it who said it i literally sit, sat there and said nothing because i'm like i have no idea how to navigate this right now yes. like if i admit it then i'm gonna be i'm gonna look terrible and if yeah. i don't admit it i'm gonna look even worse but the easier thing right now is just to not say anything that's the right mm -hmm. play by the way that is the correct play yes oh my god you never fucking come clean never because you know why when we all got into that argument right before the rose ceremony when sydney was like yelling at me mm -hmm. She goes, did you or did you not say it? And she just kept saying it and saying it. I go, I just said yes, just to shut her up. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I should have just not said anything. But I'm like, I'm so frustrated right now. I don't like anything that's going on right now. I'm just going to be like, let's just freaking end it. Yeah, sure. Whatever you want me to, you thought that I said, sure, I did say it. And yeah. that's when it drove me into this villain edit in the real world too, where everyone thinks I'm this terrible person because they're like, you called Kelsey an alcoholic and a pill popper, which I did not. Right. Okay. But I'm just the loudest motherfucker in the room. So it looks like I just made all this up by myself. Because mm -hmm. this was a concern mm -hmm. throughout the entire house. Huh. That she was very emotional and you know, drinking her emotions away, you know, which right. isn't normal. Yeah. It's a very stressful situation. Absolutely. But Victoria P is the one that brought up the medication issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Victoria P was really, she was very good at dropping little bombs oh, yeah. throughout the season. But and that's then how just, you know they play favorites too, because they know that she dropped this bomb. Totally. I took yeah, the blame it, for it and she didn't yeah. even have any recourse. Yes. And I mean, that's whatsoever. part of the, the hypocrisy of the game is that, you know, the lead is... I think like per their design, kept away from the truth of many of these situations. Right. And they have it on tape. They could very easily just be like, no, here's what happened. Let us show you. And they mm -hmm. never do that no. because it causes more drama. You know, it's funny before coming here, I was on a podcast with Peter and Dustin and like we went through and hashed out everything that happened because we haven't talked since he sent me home and chilled. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. What was that like? <laughs> it was actually really good. That's great. Yeah, so they we're, were really we're good nice. <laughs> yeah, Peter's great. Uh, but you you wind up on this two-on-one. What is it like for a player when you hear your name called on a two-on-one date? And what do you start to do psychologically to prepare for that? Um, I, I was so mentally exhausted at this point because mm. we all got sat in the living room. We got the date card. That's why I don't even think my reaction was filmed or aired because they saw my kind of like giving her last piece of words and like the truth comes out and I'm like, Whatever. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. I really thought I did not go into that night thinking that I was going home. There was no way. Mm -hmm. When you get the card, is there any part of you that thinks it's Peter's decision to put you on the two-on-one? No. At this point, I think we all knew. They were like, yeah, whoever has beef is going to get a two-on-one. 
So you guys all know like the producers are choosing who goes on the group dates and on the one-on-ones and who's getting group date roses and that kind of stuff. Yeah. In the first couple group dates, I'm like, oh, he really likes me. So that's why he wanted me to go on this date. Lies. Right. Of course. (laughs) Big fat lies. But like, do you guys even know that like, let's say first impression rose, for example, that that is something the producers very heavily have a hand in. Do they? Yeah. Or at least that's what we've been told Hmm. from various parties, from various seasons. I'm not sure that that's accurate for every season. Yeah. But certainly in some seasons, the leads don't get to pick who gets that first impression rose. Really? I feel like you would because this person would most likely have to go further than most. So like they would have to like them some bit, right? Well, I mean, we've run the numbers and first impression roses are not as important statistically as the first, what we call the first flower, which is the first rose given in the night one rose ceremony. You think so? We know so. Oh. That's actually statistically a better rose to get that determines how long you last in the game. From the order no that wonder it I was is always in the last. document. <laughs> <laughs> well, they often give the last flower to whoever is involved yeah. in the yeah. drama. It's not a good sign. <laughs> but we also know that they have aired they have aired the first flower out of order, like in Clayton season. Yeah. It they made it look like it went to Oh yeah. I don't remember Serene, I think. Serene, but it yeah. actually went to Susie. Oh. Um, so we believe. That makes sense, actually. Yeah. And you are finally you are finally sent home on this two on one. <laughs> and but you are not done. You have the women tell all. Oh, you gosh. come back. You're asked to discuss your various rivalries. And Rachel Lindsay takes the stage to do this forced anti-bullying speech. Mm-hmm. Read some of the messages various women have gotten. And it's mostly players of color. And did you notice that Rachel Lindsay never used the word racism during this bullying I segment? That. I didn't notice hmm. that. You know what's funny is because I got it probably the hardest out of everyone. Um, people were attacking left and right. And I normally don't care what people think. Mm-hmm. But this magnitude and volume that it was coming at, I had to take a day off from work. And I was just crying my eyes out. Jesus. Like, it was so brutal. I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. And when they were asking me, like, to send the text mess or the messages like they didn't even air any of my messages that I was being sent mm-hmm. hmm. on Rachel Lindsay's little interesting bit of it. I'm like again I'm not a favorite so I'm not as yeah. important yeah they're like we're gonna air the ones just to humanize certain people right so like yes they helped but like did it really do anything no did they alert you at all I mean if they're asking you to send in the dms that you're getting the, they did the... not they did not tell me that Rachel Lindsay was coming out to do this whole thing they just said, send us your worst DMs. They're like, just like, let me see what it's like. Like, send me them. Like, you know that this isn't true. Like, a lot of them were very comforting because it's hard to go through. Yeah. But none of it was actually legitimately helpful now that I'm looking back at it. Mm-hmm. And now this is why they have like a therapist that has to come on or whatever. Well, I mean, in the end, it feels like to me, all these little steps they take where they're, they bring out Rachel Lindsay to be like, you need to stop bullying or now we have a therapist and now we have this and whatever. It's all just kind of band-aids for a bigger problem that I think the audience really sees with the show. And I don't believe the producers or the network actually give a fuck about any of the players. They just need to have something that's public facing to be like, look, we said stop bullying them. Look, we have a therapist. And that's all they have to do. That's all they feel like obligated to do, you know? I mean, I don't even know what else they could do, to be fair, you know, not to Mm -hmm. like defend them. But I mean, same with like the racial issue during COVID. Mm -hmm. Like the the steps that they're taking, they are steps, but they're just not big enough to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a toxicity in the what we call the fourth audience, the people who watch the show that definitely is something 
you know, it was new to us as we started this podcast and kind of got really deep into this whole thing. It was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. There are yeah. people who really get pissed off about any little thing that's oh, shown yeah. on the screen. And I think they could do something, which is like not just come out and say, stop bullying people, but come out and say, what you're seeing on the show isn't real. This but is they, pro wrestling. But that's their whole business, though, is that it has to be real. It's not, though. I, I don't think. I think it's Anyone really with like a realistic brain would realize that it's not completely real. I mean, the, we are real people. Those are real emotions. Sure, sure. Real scenarios. But I mean, it's obviously edited, heavily edited, you know, so people don't people really like these fans are crazy. Yes. Like, yeah. There's like a, a, a component of it that I think is some kind of moral ownership that some people feel over the show. That's and they're just waiting for somebody to do something that is outside of their mm -hmm. scope of what is morally correct. And now you're a fucking villain and I'm going to send you a death threat. And, you know, you know blah, what? Blah, blah. So I think that theory happened like I came across that because. Um, Asian people like that they know are like cutesy and quiet and I'm not, you know, mm. and I think they did not like that, like the audience. So what I did was I magnified to 10 times that I am this terrible person. Because if you look at what I actually did, I don't think I was a villain. I really don't. I don't think anyone really yeah. is a villain that we see on the show. I think that they could use the edit to make anyone look that way if you just have enough footage of someone right. and pick and choose. But... This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year is flying by. We're almost halfway through it. Now, I've done a lot of things that I'm proud of this year. A lot of them related to gore. We've had some great interviews. We're kicking it up a level to get on YouTube. We're really taking it to the next place. But there's still a lot that I would like to accomplish this year. And when life is moving fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate your wins and to make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and then set achievable goals for the next six months so that you get all those things done that you want to get done. Lizzie talks about all the time how beneficial therapy has been for her. My friend Will on my other podcast talks about it all the time, and I agree. It is very good. It's a great tool to be able to talk things out in your life with somebody else who can set you on the right path to getting all those goals accomplished. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit betterhelp.com slash gameofroses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash game of roses support for today's episode comes from one skin if you have sensitive skin you're going to want to hear about one skin's scientifically proven topical supplements this is face eye body shield and it can all be used with any of their other products which are free from over 1500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And One Skin was founded by an all woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. 
By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Clues. Mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect T-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect T-shirt does exist. And you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they are both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. Yeah, I, you know, I definitely, when I used to watch the show, would like take the villain and be like, oh, yeah, that person's evil. It's yeah. Like, oh, no, no one too. is evil. We all like, have our off days, you know, no one's, yeah, people no aren't one's gonna perfect. be perfect all the time. But plus, it's like, there's something in it to me. I think what really drew me to the show, and we've talked about this on our show a bunch, is that like, it's an open lie. The show really isn't about helping people find love. It's about producers forcing people to have nervous breakdowns for our entertainment. Like that's what the show is. And I think if the show was a little more transparent or owned up to that a little bit more, it would take some of the heat off the players because it's like in in whatever they're presenting, whatever these moral kind of dilemmas might be, the players are always the ones to take the blame. The producers never get any of that heat. And as a result, it's like, you know, when a, a person at home is watching and gets mad, they're coming after the player. They're never like, this show is fucking mean, or these producers did that person do- dirty. They're like, that person's a pile of shit. Yeah. Now let me fire off a death threat. Uh, it's it's crazy to me. And then they have, they don't care seemingly the producers. But all that said, as fun as all this is, you decide to come back for a second tour in paradise. <laughs> you wind up on sand, VIP season seven, which is historically one of the craziest seasons of all time. You were obviously involved in a love triangle with Aaron Clancy and his rival, the big body trash can, Thomas Jacobs. (laughs) 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 But in that time, you're there when Brandon Marais is there. You're there when Piper shows up. You witnessed that whole thing go down. Yeah. What was that like? And also, are you and the other players pretty openly talking about Instagram and, and why you came on the show? Were they isolated in that? Or are you all kind of talking about it and they just chose to use their footage to make them into villains? I think Paradise is just such a different ballgame than the main shows. Mm-hmm. Um, no one, I mean, at this point, we've all accumulated our followers, you know, and I don't think anyone's going into it to have more followers. No one's going into Paradise to have more followers? I mean, they are, but no one's talking about it, you know? Okay. So we're really just trying to like survive day by day. It's so hot. Mm-hmm. And I think where Brendan and Piper screw up is that they were talking about it very, very openly. Right. You know, and... Sure, there's like little conversations that we'll talk about, like 
how much did this brand give you? Like, blah, blah, blah. Because we mm -hmm. did like brand deals before Paradise because we had all of COVID. But it, it does look really bad on Brendan and Piper's totally. part. But, but that was real, you know? Yeah. Mm hmm. Like no one coerced them to do that. Like that was, those are real things. And I've heard Piper talk about followers and popularity before she even came onto the beach. Which is a cardinal sin. It's just, it strikes me as so strange because you see people like Grocery Store Joe, for example, who uh, I have some questions about as well. But like he's accrued over a million followers. He went from a night one guy in his season of Bachelorette to two tours in paradise, a million followers selling his sauce on a Bachelor Nation podcast as a host. And he doesn't really talk about it. There's some stuff that will like slip through the cracks on clickbait every once in a while where he talks about engagement or how he likes his followers or whatever. But he played the game. He pretended like that didn't matter to right. him. It and does. it clearly does. Of course. Yeah. 100%. Otherwise, delete your Instagram account. Right. But I'm, I was just curious, like, I believe everybody on Paradise is, has to be at least aware of the fact that this of can course. up your numbers. Yeah. And whether you're talking about it openly or not, it seems like that was their cardinal sin is that they just spoke about it. Mm -hmm. I think so. I mean... It's just a crappy thing to talk about in general because we all know that's the inevitable. We're on television. Yeah. I think just like when you're talking about it, it's like how you're like, oh, I'm so pretty. It's like, okay, so you think you're really pretty. You know? <laughs> like you just don't do that. You know, you just don't yeah. go around talking about that kind of stuff. Right. But I don't know. I think that Joe especially, like he acts like he doesn't care and will be like, I'm too good. Like I don't really care. He, he cares more than I think I, I've ever met anybody care. Oh, <laughs> were, were you there when he obviously had what I believe he called his group of disgruntled females on mm -hmm. sand and they went and they kicked off Piper and <laughs> Brennan Marais. I don't and then, know where I was during that, but that was gold. It was insane. <laughs> I yeah, mean, you wish you were a disgruntled female. Dang, I wish I was yeah, you were on the team. <laughs> but did you hear him talking to producers or them talking to him to be like, look, we need you to go in and cut him off at the knees. You got to get them out of here because a producer can't just walk on the sand and be like, okay, you guys, you were talking about Instagram. Get out of here. Mm -hmm. They have to have a player do it. Um, in ITMs, they ask you questions, you know, mm -hmm. and like, again, it's our confinement area where we're talking to the producers that we trust. Yeah. We don't trust from the first show and now this show. So I think that they use what we tell them and that's how they, they're like, okay, like, are you going to do something about it? You know? Oh, interesting. Because they, they actually cannot tell us anything that another player has told them unless we said it from them, our mouths, which okay. is nice. Yeah. You know, because hmm. they knew about Brennan and Piper, but they couldn't openly be like, what do you think? Like they're together until a player on the sand actually said it out loud. Wait, how do you know that they can't? They repeat? told me. Oh, do they have like unspoken rules like that? Yeah. Or like we can't. Because. Okay. It's just extremely unauthentic at that point. Like, it is a produced show, but like, it's harder because, like, where, if someone comes at you, where did you get this information? Or oh, a producer told me, you can't say that on camera. Right. So they'll cut it out. But we've heard things like the, um, the cake incident, for example, in that Bachelor in Paradise season. Oh my God. That was my favorite night. That was, so <laughs> that was the most fun I've ever had. <laughs> so supposedly, the reason that it was thrown into the fire was because Demi stole the idea of the birthday party from Mari Pepin. No, I think she was just trying to figure out like what she wanted to do. I mean, it's his birthday. What can you do on a beach? Throw a party. Sure. There's right. nothing else you could do. So um, what I know is that Mari told Demi in our changing room, like we have a little um, get ready room and that she was like, oh, I think I want to do this something special for Kenny. Like, mm -hmm. and I, I think that's where Demi got the, maybe like a, mm -hmm. a general idea of like what she was doing. Right. I don't think Demi came into it like, I'm going to steal this idea. It's like, what else could you do? All you can do is just pull them away and be like, I did this for you. Right. You know? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, fair enough. I don't know. I always go to like the most Machiavellian yes. level of that's, that's a comment, or that's an easy assumption to come across. Yeah. Because like, where would they come up with this idea? But no, it's it's all live, and like you have to use the information that's given to you from other players. Mm-hmm. You're saying that most people like don't talk about Instagram and don't talk about followers, that type of thing. Generally, that it's like. No, when I was actually in the mansion on Peter's season, one of the red flags with McKenna is that she kept talking about how many followers she had. She had the most followers going into it than Mm -hmm. any of us, even more than Hannah Ann at that point. Hmm. Because she was like this, I don't know, what is she, a blogger or something? I think she had a TikTok going at that point. There was no TikTok at that time. She had something going in. I I remember that She had a blog. Okay. And in her blog, it actually states, I will be on The Bachelor, mark my words. And I, I... Someone told me that, and I that's when I brought it up to Peter, and he still didn't believe me. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because I was like, I would wonder whether that gets discussed, and if that goes into your calculus of like who might be the front runners, like if they're already very good at social media or whatever. I don't think so. I don't think social media in the game would have a factor of you being more popular or ranking higher, you know, to the mm-hmm. end. Um, I think it's really how well you work with everyone um what you're willing to be in like drama wise and a a true connection with the lead yeah certainly the what we call first audience game how you can kind of work with the lead if you will like that kind of beats all other games and we saw that in season 16 with courtney robertson she won the whole game on a straight first audience strategy the producers didn't like her the other players didn't like her the fourth audience everybody hated her because she was a villain didn't matter she won the ring because her first audience game was like impeccable yeah but uh when you're on sand do you get the feeling that there are like protected players at all a hundred percent look at everyone who has a podcast hey i agree with you this is what we say all the time no it was it was that was actually the most frustrating part of it because i'm like i there's nothing that i can do that will help me in this situation because i don't have a podcast right like i joe's great and all but why was he first sand he was not on any recent season of the the past what four years because I think they wanted to do that thing that they did with Kendall, where it's like they're going to send him in, let him fall in love. In a best case scenario, he falls in love with somebody and they're about to propose. And then they bring in Kendall to be like, wait, I'm still here. And they did exactly that. But uh, yeah, I mean, everybody on clickbait got preferential treatment. Natasha Parker, they gave her a rose out of thin air. Right. Mm-hmm. They created a reason to keep her in the show. Right. Yeah. I Did Becca have a computer or something to still do the podcast? To still do podcast? the podcast. Something like that. And check her emails and look at all the gossip and watch clips of the show. I think she and... was, um, what is it? They watch you when you do that because you mm-hmm. can't look it up. But definitely she was more favorited. I mean, she if if I didn't give her Thomas, there was no way that she would have stayed on the beach. But yeah. they would have made it so she did. Right. I mean, it all worked out in the end. They're, I think they're a great couple. Sure. Mm-hmm. And everything works out in the end. But that was the way in. Wait, what do you mean gave her Thomas? Because they asked me, or like he asked me and she asked me if she could take him on a date. Mm -hmm. If I said no, because I asked him, I go, if I said no, would you have gone? He goes, no, I respect you too Mm. much. You could have destroyed that relationship. I know, but who, what kind of a jerk (laughs) would I be? They're so happy and cute together now. Yeah, no, they're great. I agree. Uh, (laughs) I think that's where my personality fell too, because I did never want to stand in the middle of a relationship that was bound to happen anyways. Mm-hmm. No, people were not talking about social media, but another thing that people were vilified for was having these relationships mm-hmm. beforehand. Piper and Brendan dating beforehand, Alana Milne and uh, Chris Conran meeting in San Diego. Do you think that 
they were the only people that had discussed a possible relationship before? Do you think that people are all DMing before the they go to paradise? The only true person that actually came there with like more than a friendship was Brendan and Piper. Mm. Chris mm. and Alana did not have a relationship prior. I was at that trip. I spent the whole week with them. Right. Like Chris did not stay at our place. It was just a girl's house with Stefan. I mean, Stefan's one of the girls at this point. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that wasn't like Chris just happened to be in town because he was with Chasen and Spencer. Yeah. Like there was That's no, sad. they'd not kiss prior. And I can, I a hundred percent have proof that they did not have a relationship before. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, when they, when Joe called them out, I go, what, where are you pulling this from? You know, but you didn't, you didn't pull the same stuff with Brendan and Piper. Mm-hmm. It's because Alana and Chris are, what is it? Week tours yeah. on their Easier season. Targets. Easier target. Totally. The hierarchy I think is that whole situation was so screwed up because that was something that they did not deserve whatsoever. Hmm. I, I don't think anybody deserved that stuff. I mean, what happened to Brennan and Piper? You know, they hemorrhaged massive amounts of followers. They lost all kinds of SpawnCon brand <gasps> that deals. That was insane. Like that cost them significant money. Brennan, I think yeah. maybe more than Piper. And it's like, for what? Because they were open about like, as you're saying, everybody goes on there knowing like this can help my Instagram, which means it can help my money. Mm-hmm. And they're just like talking about it. Openly. Where it screwed up is that he really fucked over Natasha. Yeah. yeah. Like true, like so in like... the truest, realest form. Like that was the most screwed up thing I've ever seen on television. Right. From people that I know. Mm-hmm. And when I was on the beach, I had no idea that was happening. Right. Like, because she wasn't very vocal about her relationships. I just mm-hmm. saw them together all the time. I'm like, well, that's cute. Like. They're probably just going to hang out and chill and see what it's like. Yeah. I knew that Piper was going to come down. I'm like, I wonder how this is going to be. But I had no idea that Brendan was saying these things about Natasha. I did not know, like, the private conversations that him and Piper had. Because, mm. like, where it screwed up is when they went on their date, Brendan and Piper, she was, like, basically, like, did you thank you for playing the game? Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. If they went into it just being like, you know what? I did have a prior relationship. I wanted to explore. And I actually do have stronger feelings for Piper now. That would have been a way different story. Yeah. I think they should have done that. Mm-hmm. That's the play they should have made. Because they would have made it. They would have made it all the way to the end. Yes, I agree. But where they're falling, they they were pulling people underneath them, and it's the ego and the hierarchy. Like they thought that they were too good because Brendan was a top four, and sure. Piper was a p- person of color on her season, so she thinks she has this authority, you know. And it's just that's not that's not the case. But it was also the producers' hand in this because they put Brendan on sand first. He was in the first group, mm-hmm. and then they he made was, him tap dance for a while until she showed up. And they knew that that relationship existed. They knew that they were going to try to do this. So they're like, well, let's see how bad, like what kind of a disaster we can make of it. Yeah. I mean, the, everything, everyone knew that it was going to be a disaster. I think Brendan was one of the first sands because he was just very popular among the girls that were coming in. He's a very good looking dude. Yeah. But I don't know. I think they just hope for the worst and it happened the worst. (laughs) (laughs) They hope for and orchestrate the worst. Do you do you feel that the hierarchy is a very prevalent thing? Like how far you made it in the game? If you're top four, you're in a different bracket. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And they make you feel that way too. people who are on the top four. Of course, on your season. I mean, this you weren't there for the the prom date, but. Uh, oh yeah grocery store joe and serena pitt were literally crowned and given sashes that said prom king and queen for what and all the other players <laughs> have to sit there and watch that and it's like even within this season they're saying they're the most important mm-hmm. fuck you yeah it's amazing i mean even me. in conversations that i've had before because they claim that my relationship with thomas wasn't as like important and like 
you know, it shouldn't hurt you as much because it wasn't as real. And I'm like, I had real feelings for him. I think it totally. really sucked. I got dumped on my freaking birthday. Yeah. You know, like mm -hmm. it sucks. But it wasn't as important as Joe and Serena. They're like, you aren't like Joe and Serena. I'm like, why? Because I'm not on top of him the for 24 hours a day. Who's I, telling you that? Producers? Yeah. And I'm like, I think the strongest relationship here, to be quite honest with you, was Abigail and Noah. And they're still together. Mm -hmm. Right. Even after what, at least the things that we've been told, their breakup was fake. It was like orchestrated by producers that were basically saying like, well, if you're not going to move to the next step, you have to break up now. There's no way you can I feel like here. everyone thought that because well, that, what is it? The second to last episode before the engagements, mm -hmm. they were dropping off like flies. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, what's next? Like you either get engaged or you don't like make it up, make up your decision now or right. leave. So I am curious about that process. Like, are they trying to have a certain amount of couples in the finals? Do you have any idea about that? Someone like, said that they didn't have enough rings. I don't think that's the case. I think they have a plethora of Neil Lane rings. I think it's <laughs> whoever's just gonna, who's most likely to make it, you know? Yeah. Who's been the longest couple on the beach. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it wouldn't make sense for a new couple to come down or like a new girl to come down, be a couple and get engaged. That makes no sense. Yeah. I would. If I, if I was like eighth, eighth week, I'd be like, all right, I'll get engaged to whoever's left. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are you looking for someone to marry? I'm right Are here. Are you looking for a wife? I <laughs> have <laughs> one last question. Do you believe that Ivan Hall hacked into a producer's phone? No. What I think happened is that a producer left their phone open knowing that, I mean, it was on the page. Could have been an accident, sure. Yeah. But everyone's list was there. And yeah. then he just, I th I thought what he did was super harmless. I love mm, Alexa. Um, I've talked to Alexa about it. And she felt like she was just being so bamboozled because she thought that was orchestrated mm -hmm. that she just left. Totally. They try to convince her to stay. Well, oh. that too, like, I guess I have another question too about Paradise. You show up to Paradise. Do they tell you when they're casting you what order you're going to be? No. Like that you'll come out on day one or day two or? No. So you're but, just in a hotel room being like, I hope they pick no. me soon. Yeah. And like, it's hmm. daunting because I remember Chris was telling me, he goes, I was literally about to like jump off the balcony and like just leave because of how long I was in this room. They keep they you trapped you. in one room. Yeah. But the thing is, I, again, my strategy, I had my journal and I counted all the days and the times and what it made sense for like filming wise. And I looked at the previous seasons of Paradise. I'm like, when did they film? So it was around this time, but COVID probably bought it back a week. I did all the math of it. Like oh, wow. literally so much math. Fascinating. Yeah. Such so I'm like, I'm here for 10 days. I left at the end of May. I'm definitely going to be the one first ones on the beach. I have to be mm -hmm. because I was the first one that flew in. Right. <laughs> and they wouldn't amazing. have flown you in that early if they no. didn't intend to shoot because you they really. have to pay for um the days that were there even in quarantine. So like, it makes oh. no sense for me to be there the first times that people are coming in and yeah. me not make it first sand or like first day. But you get paid for just the days you're there or the days you're shooting? The days you're there. Wow. So even if they keep mm. you locked up in the hotel room for yep. like a month and you never make it to sand, you're still Correct. getting paid. Correct. Whatever your rate is. Okay. That's a stipend. They don't like to call it paid. Right. The stipend's not much, by the way. I make more money bartending. Yeah. Well, some people get paid. No, they used to. That's out now? It's out because the main producer that was able to negotiate all those things left. Who was that? Elon. Elon Gale. Mm -hmm. You never got to work with him, right? No, but I do talk to him and he's a very nice oh, guy. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, again, like I'm closer to the producers than I am to any of the cast. So like we still have great friendships that we talk about, like it, just real life network, yeah. producing stuff. Um, they can't obviously tell me the secrets of the show that they're working on, but yeah. the ones that left, I mean... Yeah, we have we've had conversations. Interesting. Well, speaking of the ones that left, <laughs> after you left Paradise, 
in this uh, post-game game, as we have now come to learn, Instagram, it's, social media is a different game. It's part of game. the game. This you, is an ongoing you, fight. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not part of, it's not part of the game, I don't think. That's all I can, I mean. You well, think it I is? How can you argue with this? I don't know. I think it's I a consider, different game, separate you know, game. We're always arguing about who the best player is, and he's always saying it's Nick Vial, and I'm always saying it's Caitlin Bristow, and I take into account Caitlin's post-game career, which I feel like is part of the game. Like, she has, like, navigated the social media game. Mm -hmm. Nick Vial does a pretty good job. I agree. But, I mean, but to be fair, Caitlin landed a... You're right. Hosted the show. Caitlin hosted a show. The yeah. show. So I guess maybe she's... Tammy agrees with me. Yeah. On the record. She's better at hosting than Nick Vial. I mean, I think we can all agree 100%. on that. But let's get to this TikTok that you put out at the beginning of last month. I'm just going to read one? here some of it. <laughs> the TikTok that you put out last <laughs> month. One? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to just read some stuff that you say in it. And then we're going to discuss this. You say, I'm done with this franchise. My contract is up in April and I'm never looking back. If you're not their favorite, it's very clear you're treated like secondhand dog shit and they don't care about you or your value or your worth. They're a network that is light years behind the times. And this is why the ratings are tanking. This is why the new contestants don't have as many followers as the Netflix shows. Dot, dot, dot. It's time to move on, you basically say. So, oh, that was my Instagram story. I sorry, your, your Instagram story. Right, right, right. So, uh, what was that about? What got you so mad in that moment? Oh, I feel like I've answered this question so many times because I've had so many <laughs> interviews. <laughs> but I will just say that we were working on a project for a very long time and we yeah. came to, ended up coming to a disagreement that really hurt my feelings and mm -hmm. just everything that I worked for for the last two years out the window. I felt so betrayed by them. And that's what I knew. Like, there's no way that I could ever be a favorite. I will right. never get there. And that's what I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I think my time mm. is capped here and I'm done. I think I was very emotional that week. And I, mm -hmm. I mean, that obviously showed through my yes, very did. upsetting Instagram story. But I mean, I, I'm grateful for their opportunity, but they, t they don't give me credit where it's due, where I also had a factor into the time, my time on the show. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. put in the work. I'm that character, totally. you know? And they they were just really good at dangling the carrot in front of me, and I was just sick of it. So, what was the carrot? I can't say. How about this? Let, let's do a no. You can say no or no comment. No, I can't say. <laughs> no, I'm not. Do you even know who Kayla you. Quinn is? <laughs> Kayla Quinn, third place finisher from Benz. Ben Higgins season. Yes. She was. I'll just tell you a little story about her. She was offered the role of Bachelorette. The contract was signed and they shot promos with her <gasps> and then they yanked it to give it to Jojo Fletcher. And she would have been the first Asian bachelorette. Right. I'm just saying, I wonder what that feels like and how many people know what that feels like. That That's must all. must be very crappy. <laughs> no, because I mean, I love Jojo as she's one of my favorite sure. bachelorette seasons, but that that does suck. And that just goes to show, show mm. you like they're so stuck in their old ways that it doesn't even matter if you're this fantastic person. If you don't look the way that they normally cast, mm -hmm. you're not going to make it. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I just, we're all very curious to know what that project was and what you were actually working on. Everyone and their mom's asking me, but everyone thinks that it's because I didn't get called for Family Feud. I'm just going to go with that story because no, that's, that's an obviously story. not it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> family Feud. That was, you're like, it was my fucking dream. It was my dream to Since be on I Family Feud. I was two years old, I want to be on Family Feud. And I orchestrated the past five years of my life to go into The Bachelor, Bachelor of Paradise, just so I can get on Family Feud. Like it's that. obviously not that. Uh, I think I have some ideas what it may be, but um, will we ever know? Will you ever release this information? Ooh. I am writing a book. 
Oh. Uh, I'm trying to debate what I want to call it. I might call it Breaking Up With Roses. Okay. But it's also like my life story too and everything, my experience mm -hmm. um, in general in life, but primarily on the show as well. What so a... maybe I will release it there, but they do look over the book, so they probably won't let me say it. But what does that mean, won't let you say it? At the cost of what? What would they do to you? You get sued. Would they sue you, though? I don't know. Depending I don't on what it find is, out. I guess, and what that story is. I mean, they've only sued a couple of people, I think, successfully. Um, Luke Parker. Luke do they, Parker do they actually one. sue Luke Parker? Yeah. hundred grand, I think he has to pay him, if I remember right. I could be slightly wrong in that, but I remember reading that. But he I did go off the walls, only, I think there's only certain people that could get away with suing. Yeah. Now, you've heard me talk about Quince on this program before. I love Quince. I am right now, head to toe, dressed in Quince. I got their shirts. I got their pants. I got everything from Quince. Quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying those luxury prices. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen, under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags and 14 karat gold jewelry from, get this, $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you're going to have them in that closet forever, unless you wear them out, which I may because I literally wear them every day. <laughs> I know you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman, passing the savings right on to you and to me. What's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes so you can feel good about getting high-quality items that are going to last you longer. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com slash roses to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash roses. We're coming out of spring and we're headed into summer. It's a great time of year. It's a time for renewal. For me, that means reconnecting with friends and family I haven't seen for a while. And when I do, I want to make sure I have plenty of wine on hand to celebrate with. That's why First Leaf is a great option. As America's most personalized wine company, First Leaf takes the worry and guesswork out of buying quality wines, especially if you're somebody like me who knows maybe a little bit about these things, but not enough. Not enough to really make a great decision. They make the decision for you. To get started, you just answer some specific questions about your wine likes and dislikes on First Leaf's website. And these can be things that are about the people you're buying it for as well, if you're doing it as a gift. It only takes about five minutes to create your own personalized wine profile. Then you get your very own wine concierge who's going to use those responses to curate a customized selection of delicious award-winning varieties from rosés to sparklings and everything in between. It's all based on your personal preferences on those questions you answered. These hand-selected wines are going to be delivered to your door within a few days with each bottle priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store. You even get to choose when you get the wine. Plus, Every selection is backed by First Leaf's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you have questions about your wines, like what to pair them with, for example, First Leaf's personal wine concierge team is there to offer that expert advice. So it takes all the guesswork out. 
I love reconnecting with friends and family over bottles of First Leaf wine, and I bet you'll feel that way too. So give First Leaf a try. Head over to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to sign up and save 50% on your first six hand-curated bottles plus free shipping. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses to save 50% on your first six bottles plus free shipping. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, they. I, I, I probably will still tweet the show because I like the show. I think my commentary is too good to give up on this world. Sure. I'm going to give the people what they want. And my spicy commentary on Twitter is gold. So I probably will tweet um, the next Bachelorette season, but I don't think, I think I'm just going to take a big break from now. It just feels like a really toxic relationship. Absolutely. Um, like very manipulative, abusive boyfriend type. So I think that's how I feel with them right now. I just need some time. Yeah. You know, maybe I'll come back. I don't know. I mean, Caitlin Bristol took five years off. So that's true. Build hey, a brand. She and... revealed her uh, ring winner on Snapchat and. Yeah. While her season her. was airing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. She blew her own season. Oh, my and they did God. Not uh, I don't know if this is related and something you can't talk about. Have you ever been asked to do a Bachelor Nation podcast? They've never asked me when I went on my rampage. They're like. If XYZ wasn't going to renew their contract, like you were going to be um, asked to do it. I go, so I'm secondhand dog shit. Right. You want me to be a backup? Yeah, you'd make a great backup, Tammy. Thank you. Why that's don't you all, just start That's your all own I podcast. am to them is a backup, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, why would I do your podcast, take a fraction, make no money? Mm -hmm. Like, I know what they get paid. It's not a lot. <laughs> I'm like, I might as well make my own podcast and make take 100% of the proceeds. Yeah. And I'd make a killer podcast. Do you have that in the works? A hundred percent. Yes. Are you going to do it with somebody else? Another player, maybe? Um, me and Katie have actually thought about what doing it. Me, Katie, and Stefan. Can you imagine the chaos? That would be fantastic. <laughs> I think it'd be oh so my funny. God, I want but that. I don't know. Maybe I just want to do a podcast that's like more entrepreneurial, like right. you know, business based too. Jason Tardick trading yeah. secrets style. Yeah. The San Diego crew is rising. I love it. Yeah, that's fantastic. How do you feel about the world around The Bachelor? The Bachelor <laughs> podcast, it has it has turned into this whole industry unto itself. I honestly don't think their podcasts are great. I think they're really boring. I'm not going to lie. The official Bachelor ones yeah. or Game of Roses? No. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> fact checking. The official ones. Because I'm like, the other ones around it are way better. Like, yeah. I would much rather listen to your podcast. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. But... I think because you don't have any like um, stock into the franchise itself. So you get to give your genuine opinions that are not totally scripted or cut. Yeah. Um, but I love it. I think that maybe, I don't know, watch me have a recap podcast 
just giving my Twitter commentary I about think through it would podcasts. Be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, you hundred percent should do it because I would not give a crap about my opinion. I'm like, I'm gonna say it like it is. Totally. You suck. You suck. You suck. <laughs> I think we that's call, what it's called. We call this character like that's a, my new podcast. It's called You Suck. <laughs> you suck. That's a good. Title. I suck too. So we can all yeah. suck together. Or I I love this. I am everything. Just putting that out there. Just love that line. I think you are one of the best colorful narrators we've ever had, which is like what we call like a demi esque like person Mm -hmm. who gives the ITMs that are like. Yeah, I basically narrated a lot of both shows. Mm -hmm. Did but am I? Is that all I am to them? That's that's where it hurt because I'm like, is this it? Am I just a joke to you guys? They know how to tell a very particular love story. That is my opinion on that situation for sure and it's but also the colorful narrator isn't like that's a a very valuable role to them demi burnett was one Mm -hmm. and they brought her back again and again and again to just do like comedy bits in subsequent seasons Mm -hmm. let alone tia booth too tia booth like i have such great commentary not to to my own heart i have great commentary i have great facial expressions i give like the drama and the comedy but i've never been asked to do a podcast i don't get Mm -hmm. opportunities that these other people get to like just surpass like i like the whole Bachelor Live on stage thing. Yeah. Like I get it. It was only guys, but I'm like, no one ever talks about what I can do in this franchise. And I was such a player for them. Right. Literally advocating for them through other cast members who were against them, through audience that were against them. I always fought for their right. And mm-hmm. this is what I get nothing. Yeah. So I was but, just sick of it. And there was a carrot you're saying that they're dangling. I don't know what that is. I don't know what the <laughs> it carrot. It was a big project. <laughs> With the Bachelor. With the franchise. Okay. So, I mean, we can obviously speculate about what that probably was, but like, how long do they dangle this? And in, in what ways are they dangling it to make you feel like I, I should keep going, keep going? Months. God. And yeah. were there like, was there paperwork signed for whatever this was? Were they down the road that far with it? And then they just yanked it all? I will not discuss. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but it just, just let, I'll tell you afterwards. Okay, great. Cruz has a carrot now and he's going to try to. Well, no, I mean, look, we've talked (laughs) off the record with plenty of people too that Mm -hmm. were like offered certain very big things. I won't say what they are, but let's just say the biggest shit that you can be offered in this franchise. And then papers are signed, things are shot, and it's fucking yanked. And not even a so sorry about that. We'll let you come back and host a group date or anything like Mm -hmm. that. Just nothing. Just a fucking don't call us. We're not calling you. And good luck with your life. And it's like, it's the rate at which this show just churns fucking people up, spits them out Mm -hmm. and they don't care. It's like, it really, in my mind, harkens back to the early, early days of some professional sports like baseball and football and stuff where these players who built the game from the ground up, the early eras got nothing from it. They didn't get fucking paid. In many cases, their bodies are broken as a result of whatever they did in those sports. And I feel like, you know, The Bachelor is not physical breaking of the bodies, but like emotionally you're scarred from this experience because it's so fucking traumatic. Yeah. yeah. And then to not even get the thing that they're promising you and for them to be able to use that promise to just like keep you around right. and do whatever the fuck they want with you. It's very sinister. It is extremely sinister. And I think I just had I had enough of it, you know? Um, yeah. What was I going to say? Damn it. I just <laughs> trying to thought. Oh, I think you were going to say the carrot. <laughs> I mean, it was a big project. The the lead is not the only big thing that they have. You know, that's obviously a really good thing. But it was a big project. And the thing that they said to me is the reason why I went off. Because it was something that I just couldn't change about myself. So, yeah, that hurt. But 
I did everything for them and they I'm I'm nothing to them. You are I mean, everything. We think you're everything. To us. And we can't wait to to listen to your podcast, to yeah. get your book. Like yeah, I'm sorry that you went through that. It really sucks. I mean, I prayed about it for so long. And like to me, this is a huge lesson. God told me you are so willing, you're so able and capable. You put the work in. This is just not for you. You know? And yeah. Who knows if I did end up doing this project with them, like would it have changed my life or would I have been in duress like Clayton, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh God, what Clayton, they did to him. Uh, oh. The first episode they come out and they have him read mean shit about him and Oh my God. And that it was just brutal. got worse from there. They wrecked him. From <laughs> frame one, so they just funny. wrecked this man. It was like they picked him specifically to kick him in the balls every goddamn morning. Read this, Clayton. I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> it's like read the mean tweets. Yeah. Yeah. But he's not a celebrity. But they didn't give yeah. him any, like, they didn't say what, what kind of a person he was, what yeah. his job was, what his family was like. No, none of they that. So They're much just like, read all this mean stuff. To help people. No. The, the show is destroying people for our entertainment. Mm -hmm. They have to have somebody you can hate. And in season 26, they chose that person as the bachelor, which I don't think we've ever seen where they just took a bachelor from the beginning and said, this is the person in this season that you, know you should what? hate. What does he look like? Clayton? Yeah. A pizza-loving, football-playing guy from the Midwest. Jesse Palmer? Exactly. Just what they're used to. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. The reason that they gave Matt James this out of the blue is because they were being attacked for being racially... Totally. Um, ...selective. Yeah. yeah. So they wanted to put a Band-Aid on something that was 25 years of damage. Absolutely. Yeah, you, without recognizing that damage. Do you think there... Uh, some recent news just came out. Dancing with the Stars is going to move to streaming. Oh. That is a big ABC tentpole show. I think The Bachelor will probably follow suit within the next couple of years because really? the ratings are just like in the fucking toilet. Yeah. When they do that, I'm very curious if the whole thing changes because I do think they're at this point still kind of beholden to their network TV audience. The people in the Midwest and the South who are watching this on broadcast television, that's where they get their money. And I think once it goes to streaming, that's a different audience. And they might change because I do think to them, like they don't care about anything except money. And as long as Which the product is, fair. is selling. It's a business, sure. you know? Mm -hmm. Of course. But it sucks for everyone else that has to take faults for it. You know, like Yeah. It's you a know business, what it's but they can like make choices that are going to like hurt the they business. They can make a lot of choices. They just yeah. won't, you know, because it's not worth it. Still. The thing is, I have great relationships with ABC, the network itself. Mm -hmm. It's just like now, I don't know how they feel after this whole thing of me dissociating myself with the franchise. Right. But ABC has a bunch of other shows, you know? Yeah. Totally. You know what's Would funny? you go on another show? Yes. I actually am working on a new show. Oh. Yeah. So not anything confirmed yet, but we'll see. Is this a reality show or a scripted show? Reality. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what it, do you think about the the new Netflix dating shows? Like, I think they're, they're so good. Yeah. yeah. And why is chaos there more accepted than it is on Bachelor? Look at Too Hot to Handle. That is chaos. Yeah. And I love it. We all love it. I think it's because there's... The Bachelor hides behind this lie of like, we're just helping people find love. Too Hot to Handle immediately is like we're putting these people in a situation to fuck with them yeah. and you're going to watch it. And even the people know that, Yeah, you know, it's all very out in the open that it's not this 
for the right reasons. Like, this is all about love and the sanctity of marriage. Yeah, Love None Island, they're about. always like, oh, we're hot and dumb, and that's what this show is. Yeah. Here's a, it has more fun with here's it. Here's a yeah. slow-mo of them in bikinis. And but I, there's I, some weird moralistic element, I feel, with Bachelor Nation. I'm absolutely, like, there is. Because they think... They think it's like completely real. Yes. But also like the ceremony of it, the structure of the game. If you deviate from that, like when Caitlin Bristow had sex with Nick Vile before the fantasy suite, she was demonized for that. And it's like, well, what does it fucking matter? Yeah. When she has sex with the guy, like right. it, it's completely irrelevant. But because it's out of this like hardcore structure of the game that we've all been watching mm -hmm. for 20 years, it's like you've done something bad. This is a horrible moral yeah. decision you've made. It's like, what? I mean, we kind of saw it even with Thomas is quote-unquote villain edit he was just very open about the possibility of becoming the lead yeah. which is a normal thing that's what happens that's the structure of the show of course whoever doesn't make it they choose from that batch of people and they're going to be the next lead yeah i think if it was a girl that said it i think it'd be way different i think it, mm -hmm. she would not be forgiven but with thomas it was so forgiven but it's like that's the whole right reasons you know thing yeah but he just openly said it right his villain edit was based on him saying i had a thought that I could be the next Bachelor. It's like, how could you not have that thought? Right. Especially when Peter told us for his season that they sat them down and said, one of you might be the next Bachelor. They said that? A producer supposedly mm -hmm. came out and talked to the guys Peter before that season. Yeah. yeah. And was like, look, some of you are going to get famous from this. <laughs> and one of you might even be the Bachelor. So they plant that in your mind literally before you start shooting the season. And right. they're like, but you better not fucking say one word of it. It's or you just, become a villain. Yeah, it's just crazy to me. So I think I think that about wraps up our yeah, question. We cannot you, thank you enough. Are you going on the festival circuit? What? <laughs> what we call the festival circuit. <laughs> going to Coachella, going to ah, stagecoach. I'm gonna go to Coachella. Oh. I'm just gonna go to the events. I probably will end up at uh, Coachella itself. I will be in New York for stagecoach, so I will not be there. But too bad. Maybe mm. next year. Maybe next year. Yeah. You coming? No. Okay. I don't do these things. All right. <laughs> I, virtually, sit, virtually I sit behind a microphone and type on my computer. That's my entire life, and I enjoy it that way. Uh, Stay I'll see in the shadows. Going, I'm going to Coachella. It's my first one. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm excited, too. Yeah. Well, thank you so much yeah. for, uh, for joining us and answering all of our questions and stuff. Truly. Good luck with your carrot, whatever that may be. I'm going to create. You know what? I'm going to create. An, I'm going to build my own damn garden, and I'll have all the carrots that <laughs> yes. I want. There you go. Fantastic. And whenever you're launching the garden, like let us know and we'll have you back to talk about it. Thank yeah, you guys sure. so much. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah that thanks. was good. Clues, that was an incredible interview. I was so excited to finally get to talk to Tammy because I think she's one of the most dynamic characters we've ever had in our beloved game. Definitely, she's had some of the most dynamic interactions that we've ever seen in our <laughs> beloved game. It was fascinating to get to talk to her about her iconic phrase. I am everything I am to actually everything. sit across I from the person everything. who uttered it and utter it back to her was a dream come true to me. And we really can't thank Tammy enough. And we can't thank you enough for joining us for this interview. We hope that you like it. This is Gore Girl Summer. It's continuing all summer long. We got another great interview coming out next week. And mm, yeah, next week's is uh, is a doozy. It is it is another iconic interview. I guess we're just just completely full of iconic interviews. We're this, racking them up this summer. And we're going to have a digging deeper out for you next Monday as well. So tune in for that on our Patreon. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the Bachelor Nation podcast sphere right now. We're going to cover as much of it as we can and break it down for you and tell you what it means. So thanks again. And before we go, as always, Pace Case, what is that drawback?
It has been 7,323 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then 